You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Our job is to help you with great information to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today is a special episode. It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Say no. I've struggled with it forever. I'm a wuss. I can't say no. I hate conflict. Well, if you're like me, today's episode will help you a ton. We bring in Robin Tyson, an amazing coach of ours, and she shows us how to say no to create a healthier situation for everyone involved. You have to listen to this. I know you guys will enjoy it. And we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Are you like me? Do you have a hard time saying no? Does it create problems in your life? Do you say yes to things that you're like, shoot, I wish I would have just said no. And now I got to dig myself out of this. And no matter how hard you try, saying no is still hard. Well, it's me, and we're going to take you on a journey with some tips that I'm working on constantly so that you can say no to the things you have to say no to with an amazing coach of ours, Robin Tyson, and we're going to be taking this apart. Robin, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's always a fun time to be here. Yes. So, okay, let's just go there. But before we go there, I'm going to tell all the listeners, if you're listening, I have been clinically diagnosed as a wuss. I'm the worst. I hate conflict. I used to say yes to everything just because I didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't want to upset them. I didn't want to disappoint them. I just want everybody to get along and be happy. So I say yes, or I said yes to a lot of things. And then I made myself so miserable. And today, we're going to share some of the tips I've learned. And then Robin's really going to teach us how to stay on the rails and be super clear. But let's talk about you coach practices all day long. Why is the no word so important? I I find mostly that people don't know how to have the conversation. And that's the hardest part is that the um, people interpret this as it's going to, or leaders interpret this as it's going to have to be challenging or emotional or difficult. And if you are, if you handle the conversations correctly and have the right 
pieces in place to be very clear about your expectations from to begin with, I find they're more, they're easier to have. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback on that. So tip number one, don't be nice. Be clear instead of now, I'm not asking to be mean, which we say all the time, just be super clear. That's the first tip. So if you're just clear all the time, you're going to find people enjoy that. And tip number two, Try to say more with fewer words. That's a hard one for me. Try to try to say exactly what you're saying in three words. That's a challenge because you get so wordy and you're like, well, it's kind of like um, there's a one in the reason why we kind of did this and team members just look at you and they're more and more confused. So, um, and let's go there. Um, one more thing. Can I add this before we get going? Because this is one of my favorite topics because I struggle with it all the time is Let's just face it. You as a dentist have to get things going in your life. So you say yes to a lot of things. And if you look at the early years of your practice, a yes was a good thing. Yes to patients. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, 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 yes. Well, the yes creates a lot of activity. And then there's a certain point in your career where yes doesn't provide any more value. Yes just makes you more miserable. And the new word that you have to use is no, because no keeps it all in a container. Because if you say yes to everything, you're never home. You have every PPO on the planet. You're seeing every patient. You're saying yes to every team member request, every patient request. And you're, you take all these on as your own burdens and you're miserable, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So help us with tip number one. What is tip number one? Well, this is a formula that we have at ACT, and I'm sure everyone who's listening is well aware of the E minus R equals C formula that we live by. So the expectations minus reality equals conflict. And this is so true in the no, in the no versus yes. Are the expectations clear and allow you to either go down the yes or the no path based on the expectations that you've set out? So that is one of the first things when I met with a challenge or something that I'm going to say no to, was I clear with how I set it up to begin with? Yeah. And is it, from a team member perspective, was I, am I clear to everybody so that that expectation is set for everybody on the team? Yeah. And so if you're new to the podcast, write this formula down, E minus R equals C. We use it all the time. I use it probably 15 to 20 times a day, directly or indirectly, which is this, anytime you're you're in conflict with another person, another process, anything, you could trace it back to two variables, the expectation or the reality. I had an expectation and the reality fell short. Now the conflict is big. My wife thinks I'm going to be home tonight at five. If I don't show up until tomorrow at 9 a.m., am I in a little trouble or a lot of trouble? So you want to make sure that you use that formula continuously with your team members and yourself so that you can actually diagnose conflict. And this often comes up, we're going to talk probably most specifically with team members. So how would I use this with my team if I'm a dentist listening? Well, I mean, one question I ask myself and leaders, like you were saying, this comes up all the time and we're talking today how it applies to teams. And I see this come up in my life every day with my kids. It's, you know, when there's conflict there, I always check myself. Was I clear from the beginning? Was there some room for gray area? Or as the leader, how did how could I have said this better? or more clearly so that the there, there isn't conflict or the no doesn't have to necessarily come up. Yeah, And so I, I want to check myself with how that expectation was set to begin with. Right. Now we study this stuff constantly. So we're geeks about this. Another thing why, what Robin's telling you is absolutely true. And here's a bigger why. When conflict is unresolved, 
it eventually becomes crisis, whether it be perio, whether it be a relationship, whether it be money. You can't just live in conflict. Conflict has to have resolution at some point. And so having it fester, grow and compound usually ends up in a relationship falling apart, a health circumstance. So you want to minimize it's okay to have conflict, but then we've got to resolve it and go back to it. And then one of the greatest places to start is at the beginning with team members. There's nothing better than starting at the beginning, having a new team member come in to your practice and say, here are the expectations. And you're doing something called an employee manual, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's opportunity along the way too. If there's a question that keeps coming up, there is that opportunity to go back and say, "Does is do I need to be more clear in my employee manual? Do I need to reset the expectations so that we're all on the same page yeah. and be able to check yourself that way? So the employee manual is the best way to start team members off with a, you know, knowing what the expectations are and setting yourself up for success, both with them and for you. Yeah. And if they're not written down, they don't exist. And here's the other thing. You might think this is too tough. This is too mean. This is too over-functioning or too micromanaging. It's not. Teams, people, dogs, human beings, kids, parents, adults, leaders, school teachers, even officials in a football game, every single human being in the world loves boundaries. They enjoy boundaries. And so you'll find this, even if, you know, I'm not the best dog trainer, but dogs love boundaries. Kids, while they fight you, still enjoy boundaries. We need to know what the boundaries are. And this is an important piece of having a healthy team. Don't you think, Robin? Yeah. And, you know, in, in today's environment where everybody is so nervous about addressing or saying no to team members for fear of losing them or, you know, just in the hiring market that we have, if you set this up clearly from the beginning and your new team members know exactly what the boundary is, there isn't room for there to be conflict or there isn't room for them to misunderstand what your expectation is on how what how they arrive to work. What is the expectation about time off and how you request that? If we set them up from the very beginning, there isn't the conflict to always to feel nervous about saying no for fear that they're not going to be a part of the team or they're going to be upset about it. Right. And I want to fly right into the eye of the hurricane that I hear all the time. I hear this every week. Dentists tell me, well, you don't understand. I have team members that are entitled. And I will tell you firsthand, I've owned a business for 26 years. I don't have any of that. Like, I really don't. And it really goes back to core values and expectations. And so while you might have team members that come into your environment that felt entitled, there's a new sheriff in town. And I will tell you that a healthy team doesn't experience entitled team members. Now, you might not want to hear that, but that's true. I don't find a healthy team where great team members are like, no, I'm entitled to this. No, they they are all, they're all built with the right behaviors, the right mental capacity, the right buy-in, and that is a function of leadership. Now, you can agree or disagree. Robin, you're usually smarter than I am, but like, would you agree in the most part with that, with that statement? A hundred percent. And so, and the expectations are part of that. We, you know, you know what is expected. So there's no question or no gray area. You can, you know what the result is going to be and you know what the, what the expectations are. Okay. So I'm going to take the vantage point of a person listening to this. Let's say my young dentist listening to this podcast. I'm driving to work. Okay. Kirk, Robin, you don't understand. Like you're making this sound too easy. Um, I have to have a lot of tough conversations in the weeks that follow and I don't enjoy them. I most right. often avoid them because yeah. the bottom line, I just don't want to do it. 
So what do I do with that, Robin? Well, it's about knowing how to have the conversation. Things are going to come up. And so we avoid them. And by avoiding them, it makes matters worse, mm -hmm. right? I mean, like you were like you were saying earlier, if there is some type of conflict there, it, it, there, it is going to put strain on the relationship till it comes to head. And oftentimes then it explodes. Right. So knowing how to have the conversation to begin with is an important part of it and how to make it so it doesn't have to be emotion filled. It's factual and you're having a conversation to come to a resolution. Yeah. And I think one of the most important pieces is to find some common ground. You know, yeah. when you're in disagreement, okay, can we both agree that we need to build a great team here and that we have to do X, Y, Z? You know, you got to start with somewhere because if you feel one way and I feel one way, it's going to become highly emotional and potentially explosive unless we can't, unless we can find some common ground about who right. we are as a group of people. And that's why I'll beat this drum forever. Having a set of core values is the most important thing you will ever do in a business because we can always trace back. And I'll tell you exactly how I use it. You use core values when it's positive, but you also use them when you get into potentially very difficult situations. I can say at any point, listen, we are a team that believes all in attitude. We give greater than get. Would you agree? You know, and- Everybody that's right. here has to say yes, not because I'm making them say yes, because they bought into that. Okay. Right. So we don't have to agree, but we do have to align on how we're going to support that value system. And you do it at home with kids and all that kind of stuff. So this isn't intuitive to most people, but if it's handled correctly, you can do this right. And give us a little bit more. Like, I always want to know, like, how do I get out of the emotional zone? Because this can, this is... You know, you've been there before. You're talking to a team right. member about how this is not okay. And then they cry. And then you're like, mm -hmm. oh gosh. Or they get really, you know, upset. And how do I get out of that, Robin? Oh, I think a couple of, I mean, it is really important to enter the conversation in a place where you are emotionally stable about it or not heated about it, right? That Then the conversation starts off on the wrong foot. So if it takes you a minute to be able to collect your thoughts and cool down from it, I also think you have to go in it with the idea that you want to resolve this. We're asking questions and in the conversation because the relationship is important and we want to come to a resolution, not because we're mad about this or we want to be right. Like we want, we want to enter it in a place where I really, I want to understand where the other person is coming from and be in the right emotional space to hear them and be able to work through for a resolution. Yeah, it's we, true. You know, we just want to be right. And you're in a totally different emotional space when you are coming at this with trying to prove a point and asking questions for that reason, rather than asking questions to, to understand or to, to clarify. Yeah. And so another teaching moment here. Now, this is one that I have a lot of difficulty with. You're right. You're exactly right. Dealing with somebody who has to be right is mm -hmm. very difficult. And I have mm -hmm. been that person where I'm trying to be right. And I always tell myself, I don't want to be right, you know, but I, there are times I do. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when Covey taught that principle, seek first to understand be before being understood, those weren't just words. Those are actually really good practices. So even when you're angry and you're upset and you're out of equity with somebody and you have a lot of conflict going on inside, it's often best to ask a question and go, okay, can someone help me understand what just happened here? Because it'll take everybody from the emotional part of the brain to the thinking brain. And we can start to unpackage this because there are some things you may not see, right? 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it could be that there is a, they have a totally different perspective on this. So have your ears open to really listen. If you're going to ask the question, be prepared to listen and accept what they're telling you to. Yeah. Now I probably said this 30 times in the podcast. My dad gave me this advice and I use it a few, you know, son, you're marrying a great woman, Sarah, and you can be right or you can be married, but you can't be both. And I use that in my marriage. I use it at home. I use it with my team. And so I'll say this to you as a dentist listening. There are going to be times where you're going to be like, okay, do I want to be right or do I want a team? And it's a great question because you can still eventually get the practice where you want it to be from a vision standpoint, but you don't have to lay down the hammer right now and tell everybody you're right because it's taking you further back than it is forward in some respects. And potentially you learn something, right? Right. Potentially the that you interpret what the way you wrote it, the employee manual, the way you intended it to be is not the way they interpret it. That goes back to the expectations piece. Do we need to change something there? If she, if one person's having the questions, others potentially are. So you learn something from it and can clarify for, so the issue doesn't arise again. Yeah. And I think another thing too, is it's better to be consistent than it is to be perfect or excellent all the time. I think if your behavior as a leader is consistent and you're calm, people can buy into that. They can go, I know he's probably not going to like this, but he's going to be calm about it. And it's awesome. I haven't done pilot training, you know, especially commercial airline pilot training, but I'm pretty sure they go through calm training, which means they go through <laughs> bumpy things and they go, wow, that was terrible. And then they always come back on and they always say the same thing. You know, there was one time I was landing in Austin, Texas, the plane, I mean, it, it almost crashed. I'm not kidding. And it went up as far as you could pull a plane up and people were screaming everywhere. And the pilot gets back on and goes, Hey folks, sorry about that. Just, you know, didn't feel real comfortable about the landing. Hope everybody's okay. We're going to circle back around when I know he was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and we didn't hear that. So I'm not asking you to be somebody you're not, but keep in mind, be calm. You know, when these things happen, because when you add more, you know, fuel to a fire Mm -hmm. that's already growing, it just gets larger in some respects. So good. Yes. Now, one thing that there's you brought this up before we when you come to an agreement with a team member that we can Mm -hmm. both expect and we're going to start to resolve this conflict, there's a missing piece. We forget to do something. What is it? Circle back to it. Is that what you're in for? Is that what you're referencing? Yeah. Yeah. Circling back when you make an agreement, if there is a we're going to follow back on this in 30 days, make sure that you do that. You know, if it's important to you to resolve, make sure that you follow back with them. And if you set the time to do it, be intentional about that and set the time to circle back. Yeah. And there's no better way to do this than just do it in your schedule. Put it in, you know, the phantom column, put it at the end of the day. Just say, I got to check in with Robin on this thing we agreed about. And it's 30 days from today. And I just want to make sure that we're aligned on this um, as we move forward. So cool. To your point of setting a, you know, wrapping that up and having clear expectations going forward in agreement to what we believe. It also is helpful when that agreement gets violated to be able to go back to the team member or the, your partner, your kids, whatever, whoever that is, and be able to say, so my understanding of the agreement was this, here's what happened. Help me to understand what happened there because this is what we agreed to. And so again, it doesn't have to be an emotional thing. We talked about this. This is what we both agreed to. Am I often in my in what I'm seeing here? Because this doesn't feel like what we agreed to. Yeah. And so it 
gives you permission to be able to circle back and have expectations for what the outcome is. Absolutely. And I'll add one more thing. I'm not there yet, but it's a lifelong journey for me. The better you get at saying no, the more people will be okay on both sides. When you deliver the no and then we receive the no, you go, wow, that didn't go so bad. People don't freak out as much as you think they will. And then ultimately what you want to create is team trust. And team trust knows when they come to the bald guy, I already know what he's going to say. He's going to say no, and that's okay. And I, you know, so it's one of those things that as you work on this in your family, in your business, you'll get so good at saying no to the things you know you have to say no to. So yeah, Yeah. yes. Good. You said yes to no. <laughs> so, give us some final takeaways. Any last thoughts you have on this concept of no because it is incredibly difficult, at least for me, to learn this stuff. Yeah, so another thing that we get very good at is there's one thing that happens, we avoid the conflict and then these other behaviors start to stack up and you get so then it just adds more fuel to the fire. It is best to be timely. If there's something that you, that is that is gone off the rails or isn't right, address it at the time. Don't allow it to stack and have more emotion go into it rather than addressing it head on, take care of it at this time and go forward. The other thing, one other thing that I would add is we, you know, classic in a dental office, you're in between patients, everything's busy and it's like you're having these one-off conversations in the hall. Take the time to sit down and have a conversation that allows you to listen. And I had a mentor one time tell me what these conversations is, don't allow the other person to make you be unprofessional. Stay professional. Don't let their emotions get the best of you. Be well thought out. Have the time and place to sit down and stay professional in the way that you're delivering the message. Yeah, that's a really good tip. So don't let people take you to the black hole and leave you there. Go, wow, they're freaking out. I'm not going to go there, you know, right? Absolutely. Yes. And in those instances, the cla- most of how these conversations happen is this is what you did. This is how you made me feel. All of these very blaming accusations. Instead, use I statements. Here is what I saw. Be very specific. Here's how I interpreted it. Any of those I statements to take it back to you. And then I'll ask them for clarification. Is that how you intended? Am I correct in how I saw that? Am I correct in how I heard that? So it is more of a conversation rather than a blame game of, this is what you did. This is how you did it. And people get very defensive about that. And that doesn't make for a conversation. It makes for a defensive argument. Yeah, that is so true. Because when you say you did you or you, it's so attacking and it's so potentially inflammatory. So when you say I, my experience or what I observed is this, um, it's less, you know, potentially the same mentor that told me to stay professional was it also said no one can make you feel a certain way you are allowing yourself to do that so remove that from the, the way that you phrase it to them take responsibility for how you saw it and give it from your perspective not blaming somebody else yeah for how they made you feel taking a chapter out of the four agreements in that one so nobody can make you feel bad if you know i tell that i say it at home all the time like you could only feel bad if somebody else you let somebody else make you feel bad or um, it's so good. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Final takeaways on this, Robin. Clarity is being clear is kind, right? So your expectations, setting those out. If you ha- if you get the same question from several team members, I would encourage you to 
to go back to yourself and were your expectations set clear? If it's a common question, potentially there is more that you need to, you know, some more clarification that you need to put in there. Yeah, absolutely. Ask questions to seek to understand. Yeah. And here, here's, I'll, I'll leave you with one. Just try it. Just try it. You don't have to, you don't have to perfect this at all. Just try it once a week. If you're a wuss like me, just try it once a week and you go, wow, that didn't go so bad. When someone patient says, can you do this crown at night? Say no. Now I, I do want to go back to one thing. I say this all the time and I got to rework my language. I used to say, or at least they still do. I would say to people, unfortunately, we can't do that. But what we can do is this. Because the the old adage is you don't tell people what you can't do. Instead, you tell them what you can do. But there's a flaw in what I just said is the word unfortunately. Can you share with our listeners what that means? So I tell my teams, I encourage them to eliminate unfortunately, but and however from their language and instead add and. So it is, it makes you change the way that you say the statement and it changes the way that it's heard. So you say you want to tell people what you can do, not what you can't. And you started the sentence with telling them what was negative. So it started with unfortunately, which after unfortunately, but however, anything that follows is a negative. That is how people and patients and your team interpret it. So tell them what you can do, insert and instead, and remove those other three words. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're an amazing office and we provide high quality dentistry. Therefore we can, so yeah, you're so right. Yeah. So instead tell them what you can do and add and. Yeah. So well said. Very well said, Robin. Thank you so much for sharing that insight. And I'll just invite you guys again, just try it. Just try it this week. Try it with people that are close to you. Get good at being clear instead of nice and say no to the things you know you should say no to. I promise you, your life will get better. It really will. So cool, cool, cool. Well, Robert, stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. If you enjoyed this, do us a favor. Just hit the share button. Share this with your friends. Start practicing no. <laughs> with the framework that we gave you, we're going to keep bringing great content with the stuff that you guys need help with so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep showing up and we'll keep bringing it. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.